What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Divi Crypto Podcast. And today I am joined by Walt and Rick, the founders of WeGrow. How's it going today, gentlemen? Great. Thanks for having us this afternoon. Exceptional. Thank you. Yeah, excited to dig into this. So before we get into WeGrow, let's talk about your origin story. How did you guys get into the crypto space? Cool. Thank you for uh, that intro. And uh, I think it, it bears mention that it, it, we might need to step back even a, fur- a bit further in how we both got into our respective knowledge bases, because uh, the, the advantage of our organization is not just the tech that we're getting ready to un- unleash, but additionally, the team that supports it. And I think uh, understanding the dynamics of some of our history speaks to that uh, uh, in some ways that uh, maybe other founders maybe can't. Understanding that we are dealing, uh, our coin, we grow coin, we grow uh, coin and we grow data are our two companies. Um, our coin, it very specifically allows people the opportunity to invest in the cannabis supply chain. And so in some ways we are sitting at the crossroads uh, respectively of two burgeoning industries. Uh, both of those in their own right have some really interesting dynamics to the knowledge base that you really would want to have to be successful. And I think we've got a lot of those components. So specifically speaking to the cannabis side of the equation, uh, I uh, have an extensive background in cannabis. I, I like to think that I am somewhat of a veteran uh, being in, 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 in and around the industry for now almost 10 years. Um, at one point in time, uh, I worked for a publishing company and shot a 14-hour, seven-part documentary series on the endocannabinoid system and endocannabinoid medicine uh, called Hidden Within, The Science of Miracles. And since then, I've gone on to own multiple businesses in and around the hemp and cannabis industry. I was licensed to grow hemp in the state of Pennsylvania up until last year. We didn't grow this year. Uh, and then additionally, uh, I also have a full-service uh, marketing agency focused focused on hemp and cannabis businesses named MindBuzz. So I come at this uh, uh, opportunity, this project that we're working on with WeGrow, uh, with a substantial amount of in-industry experience specific to where we're headed. And then uh, I'll pass the mic to Rick and he can talk a little bit about, he's got some very interesting background as well that lends itself to uh, our future roadmap and where we're headed. So I'll pass the mic. Thanks, Walt. No, and it, it, he's right. You know, we have a very winding path uh, on how we got here. Now, my background is that, you know, I, I hate it being so cliche, but I'm a serial entrepreneur. You know, sold my first company uh, when I was 19. Uh, went through a tra- traditional um, path, you know, being a management consultant for a little over five years. Dove right back into trying to fill market gaps. Um, it wasn't necessarily getting into data, but it was where it drove me to. Um, so in, in those respects, uh, building out uh, infrastructure to close the gaps in um, the, those areas in higher education, fintech, edtech, uh, and big data. And over the years, uh, where I really fell into my own groove was really in the Marcom and uh, data collection, data aggregation side, and helping companies making um, data-informed and actual marketing decisions based upon data. Where I started getting into the cannabis industry happened back actually in, uh, in 2012 with the passing of my father. Um, he passed from adrenal cancer. And, you know, one of the treatments that he had been recommended was a cannabinoid-based treatment. 
um, six months after his passing, um, you know, they released the findings uh, or the data, if you will, on some of the research studies uh, with um, cannabinoids applied directly to GMB type cancers. And he, if he had had access to this data, he may have made a different decision. I'm not saying that uh, he would have uh, been here still, but he would have at least had the opportunity to make his own decision on whether or not a product like that would have worked for him or a therapy. So fast forward, I was one of the co-founders of New Frontier Data, uh, which is the one of the largest aggregators and, and uh, research marketing firms in the legal cannabis industry headquartered in D.C. And that's what really uh, pushed me into trying to pull back the veil between cannabis and data. Um, and, you know, fast forward over these couple of years, I've had a couple other um, uh, efforts in tele, uh, telemedicine, in addition to uh, big data collection and looking at the industry on whole and identifying, again, those market gaps. And what really pushed uh, WeGrowCoin into WeGrowCoin and WeGrowData was the fact that uh, there's an outcry for people understanding their data and the fact that their data is not their own anymore, number one. Number two, how do I use my data for both utility and to actually benefit from it? And that's what kind of brought us here today into We Grow Data. I always love hearing uh, different backstories and how those paths kind of intersect. And it sounds like you guys have extensive knowledge in the cannabis space. And we were just talking before we started recording that there's so much overlap with crypto and cannabis in that there's kind of this fringe industry or how it's seen and it's really causing a lot of bottlenecks payments being a huge one um i'm not sure like where federally that sits now with having bank accounts and things like that in cannabis but let's let's talk a little bit about what we grow is first and then let's talk a little bit about, you know, the state in which it can it can really help the, the cannabis industry. WeGrow is a, again, I alluded to this earlier, uh, an opportunity for the holders of the shares within WeGrow to invest in the cannabis supply chain and very specifically not plant touching. Uh, we had looked at this and to, to back up even further, the seed for WeGrow that of the idea actually started in how do we hook up our friends so that uh, our friends have some of the benefits that we, I'm speaking of myself as a hemp grower a couple of years ago, have, uh, meaning uh, I've got some green and uh, smokable in one pocket and some green to spend in the other. Uh, and the, the more that we looked at that, it crypto ended up lending itself to it. However, the more we looked at the businesses that were specifically plant touching versus the industry at large that was service, servicing them, the industry at large was the ones, the axes and the picks, uh, you know, referring back to the, the gold rush days, were the ones that were actually making the money, not necessarily the miners in the caves. You know, in this scenario, we focus very specifically on the, on the supply chain, understanding those dynamics. We look to solve a, a number of issues specific to, to the cannabis and the hemp industry, uh, and in some ways, alternative healthcare at large. Uh, the Coin itself has some interesting tokenomics to it, but when you get into the, the overall organization and the roadmap that we're creating to democratize the data that, that is collected within our system, uh, it's, that's where the, the, the solutions really start to shine a, a light. Uh, 
Uh, one of the challenges that inherently, you know, banking is a big challenge, but even before banking, we have some challenges that kind of lead up to the banking. So within the supply chain, we've got uh, challenges with, let's start with standardization, standardization and testing. You know, the weed that I buy on the East Coast called Blue Dream is, is not the same weed as my brother in San Francisco when he buys Blue Dream. If you were to look at the cannabinoid profile of those two plants, rightly so, they're different. You know, it's an organic matter that we're dealing with and in, in, in with cannabis or hemp. Uh, and so the soil, the growing uh, conditions, the lighting, the amount of CO2 in, in, in the room all play varying factors into what chemicals present within that plant. The challenge is not necessarily the different chemicals presented, but the standardization and the testing that shows okay, this is the chemical makeup of what I've got versus what you've got and getting to a place that that's understood nationally. So before we even sell dollar one of the plant and get into even any of the banking issues, we've got some inherent issues within the industry that hopefully through working with our platform, working with the, the system that we're, we're creating in some ways pushes for standardization. Because if you know anything about blockchain, it's only as valuable as the data in. And that data is constantly going in and constantly being affecting the block. However, if you're putting horrible data in, you're getting horrible data out. And so to get to a place where you're really standardizing things, the testing methodology going into the system has to be consistent across. So we're hoping through our influence and through our involvement in the industry, we can help push some of that along. Um, additionally, when it comes to payments, there's some, some inherent challenges that we're dealing with across the industry. Uh, and we are very focused on the mechanics of how to solve those, uh, both uh, as it relates to the businesses themselves operating in the industry, because let's face it, it's not easy. Uh, a lot of the same uh Business, business mechanics and tax implications that uh, what I call normal businesses, air quotes, uh, are afforded, we can't uh, at today access. And then additionally, you know, just as, as paramount in, in the payment challenges within our industry is the consumer. You know, they're the ones that are most affected. It's, it's how they interact with uh, the dispensaries, with the, uh, the medicine manufacturers. Is how, how is that money finally exchanged hands? And, and the, ways, the way that it's done today is not necessarily the most intuitive or convenient for the consumer. I'll let Rick speak a little bit specifically about some of the aspects of a roadmap and how they fit together and where we really start to take off uh, when it comes to the data component of our, our organization. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a pretty aggressive roadmap, and we are tackling a couple of different things. But it's important to note that you know we've you know separated the company out into two working divisions, which are separate companies. Uh, we grow uh, Coin LLC, and we grow Data Inc. Um, specifically, we did that because one, we wanted to be able to manage the intellectual property around the token itself. And that's all that, that companies. It is just the token utility itself around it and those, um, you know, uh, tokenomics that are helping the holder get paid for holding that token. Um, with these, one of those transactions, you know, 5% is getting redistributed back to every one of those holders. What's really key, it goes back into that 2% that's going back into the investment project, which is funding projects like what we are building at WeGrowData. To get a finer point on what you were talking about earlier or asking about is the payment processing side. It has been a huge problem within the cannabis industry, but in all high-risk industries in general. 
Um, there are a lot of high risk places that when you want to take a credit card, it's costing anywhere between five and a half and 10% just to take a credit card. And the solutions out there right now are unfortunately egregious and borderline um, money laundering or just plain illegal. Um, the number of you know, and we'll talk about cannabis with this for a second, but the number of uh, dispensaries you walk into, you'll see an ATM sitting right there. Um, and it's owned by the same person that owns the dispensary. Then you have a, uh, a cashless uh, pin-based uh, transaction where somebody's rounding that back up right at the point of sale so they can give you cash back on a ATM purchase. And then there's the gift card or closed loop options that a lot of people are advocating right now, thinking that they're still in a, in a gray enough area where they're going to be able to get around it. The bottom line is that the cannabis industry is still mostly cash-based and, and it goes back to those banking problems. Interestingly enough, when somebody walks into a dispensary or a clinic and they have cash, they're not going to spend as much either. It's actually, you know, it goes against what the owner operators really are, are intending to. And that is to get their product in somebody's hands and, you know, them to come back. So when you look at an average wallet size of anywhere between $100 and $120 when you're carrying around cash and the average wallet size, if you were to have a credit card option being between $400 and $450, that's pretty significant. You know, that's, that's, that, that's something that doesn't go unnoticed. So having a payment solution that uh, properly conforms to standards that isn't illegal, that, uh, that follows in a very narrow focus to allow you to use a Visa and MasterCard to utilize something like crypto and a stablecoin at the point of sale is extremely important for the industry on whole. But it's not just cannabis injuries in the industry. It's also using that same card and transacting at the grocery store. You know, buying your buying a car for that matter. Um, you know, it goes all along that value chain for the retail transaction. And we are in the process of actually building not only the wallet that will support it, but the rails in which to transact directly at the point of sale and utilize the traditional swipe method that everybody's comfortable with and used to and is uh, feel secure about. Uh, so that's part of our roadmap. The second part is going to the data itself. We're extremely excited about what we're building. And I, I hate using the, you know, we're building the plane while we fly it, but we are because we launched the token early um, and not earlier than we needed to, but early to support what we're building right now. We've been going through our proof of concept. We've been going through, you know, the, uh, the community itself, building out that infrastructure. And we brought in key players to build out not only the, um, the native application and the Chrome extension that'll make buying decentralized tokens much easier, not just for WeGrow token, but for, for any uh, decentralized token, but then building in the uh, ability to collect and track data that stays the consumers. And this is where we start building in the utility and the ability to monetize the data holders. And uh, as we look downstream, being able to put our token in wallets for uh, those co cohorts that are in developing countries. Um, this could be literally a solution for uh, UBI or universal basic income. Testing over the last three and a half weeks, you know, you see coin, uh, token holders that have you know, uh, 100,000 tokens and they're getting daily reflections just for holding their tokens. You know, and it's not small, it's, you know, but in a country like Ghana, let's say, 
that solves for so many other issues by being able to one, uh, leapfrog over landline use, which they've already done that. They're going past banking already and going for decentralized DeFi. And now they've got options for being able to not only buy Bitcoin and Ethereum, but coins that can pay them back too. So that's all part of our, our, our system. In the end, you know, we look at the data side of this, it's so much more powerful than just even the quote unquote crypto. Because it's hard to explain to people that are just so stuck on crypto, crypto, crypto and understanding that there's blockchain. And blockchain is really what the solution is. It's not just the crypto. It's not the, not the, uh, the coin riding the rails and the security of those rails. It's building security and the ability to collect that data and to create an end-to-end -end transparency for supply chain, for transacting, and for your data. So we'll be able to actually do this for both utility and monetization. Data holders can be remunerated for sharing or licensing their data to everything from other applications, companies, data brokers, uh, to sharing that data with their providers, being able to store all their patient medical records in one place that includes alternative wellness solutions. Uh, sharing that permissively with three or four providers all at once, rather than those providers having to request that patient medical record uh, between all two, three, or four. And when you look at patients that are dealing with things like back trauma and gastrointestinal issues and cancer and things like that, you're going to multiple specialists. But on a practical use, think about this. If you're storing your data on the blockchain, is something as simple as I'm going to store my vaccination history, my negative COVID test from last night, and I'm going to choose to share that with the airport authority. So when I get there, my airline ticket is my own NFT here now, and I'm walking in. They already know I've been vaccinated. I have verification that I have a negative COVID test. I go straight through security, get on my plane, get off of my destination, and turn it off. And there's the utility around that part of our roadmap. Very cool. And I, I have experience on the side of going into a dispensary, seeing that ATM, seeing the transaction be rounded. And then it's almost like the way it was viewed is that you're paying for those goods, but it's you at an ATM, you, you swipe your card, they give you cash back. And that's the money that you're using to purchase <laughs> the, the, the cannabis. So it's such a clever kind of workaround of how things work. And I, I was really curious when you were talking about that, because I think that the space has, has struggled with the cash, the cash kind of only transaction base, because it becomes dangerous when you have millions of dollars or half a million dollars or whatever it is sitting in a safe or vault in, in, in the back of your, your store, um, that attracts <laughs> danger, um, in, in any way, in any capacity. So it's so cool that, you know, you guys are helping with basically putting those rails in place. Let's, can we talk a little bit about the, the tokenomics? I, I majored in economics and a lot of the game theory around fees on the buy side, on the sell side, on all these, um, you know, different types of, of token transactions are really brilliant. And I think that people underestimate how powerful, I don't like using the word tax, but these individual fees can be with funding a project, funding charitable contributions, funding, you know, business acquisitions, things like that. But can you walk us through why you guys chose your tokenomics and what they are on, you know, the buy side, sell side, things like that? 
So I think the uh, the tokenomics and we we worked really long and, and had a lot of conversations around what those looked like when we started looking at it at the project initially. Again, I kind of gave you an idea where the seed started. The challenge for us was, in many ways, we wanted to be connected to you know, uh, for lack of a better word, the the, the crypto side of the world. Um, you know, building the the, the 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 whole structure that we were we were putting in place, it was imperative to us that that you know part of that you know, was within the confines of how we were operating and understanding. You know, looking at, at uh, our roadmap, one of the challenges that we had was, you know, we really didn't want to be the 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 meme coin, the the S coin, uh, the uh, the rug pull that that many people have come to recognize as the black eye of our industry today. Uh, and it's unfortunate because many times when you mention crypto, that's the first association that the lay people are hearing about today. Um, so we wanted to be as far away from that as we possibly could, but while at the same time sticking within the confines of what was doable within uh, currency in, in crypto. Understanding that, you know, our focus on our tokenomics became paramount because it played into how all that uh, unfolds within WeGrow. And we think that we, we came up with some revolutionary ideas. Uh, we think we, we've come up with some ways that are, are, are unique and, and distinguishable. Uh, and so far, the, the public has supported that. And it's also showing, again, longevity in ways that uh, maybe we hadn't even predicted. Uh, so specific to the tax, there's an 8% buy, sell tax, you know, for lack of a better word. And again, I don't like that word either. I don't like the word tax, but there's an 8% that, that happens on every transaction going, going or coming. That 8% is split up in a, a number of ways. Uh, and those lend into our future roadmap. So 5% goes to uh, our reflections pool. Uh, and that's what Rick was mentioning earlier is something that is really showing some promise in uh, solving, you know, some 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 global challenges uh, from a universal basic income perspective. Uh, I don't know that we had we did not have that thought going into creating that tokenomics. We're excited about that that offshoot that result that's happening out of it for us. Again, in many ways, this was a, a cry to help uh, through the creation of our company. So to see that it's doing that kind of uh, has that potential to help in those ways is fantastic. Uh, but that reflection pool is. is is very interesting in that, you know, in many ways, the people, when they invest in the in tokens or coins uh, or cryptocurrencies, they're, they're cashing out on the upward swing of the value of that currency they, they initially purchased. Within our ecosystem, they get cash outs every day uh, that relate directly to their percentage of holdership uh, in the form of these reflections that come off. And so, you know, in, in many ways, it doesn't prohibit the holder from cashing out, but it kind of in many ways precludes it. You, you don't want to cash out because you're getting money every day through that process. Uh, what's really interesting is that if you were to take and we do this in in not an actual we grow, we do this in, in the form of BNB so that that reflection that you're getting is something easily convertible to pay your rent, pay your car payment, or buy more WeGrow. And what we're seeing is, interestingly enough, people taking more of that and buying more shares so that the reflections they receive incrementally increase as well. So that's the 5% reflection that, that comes out of that 8% tax. 
then we have 2% that goes into uh, our future roadmap. And this is where we invest in the cannabis supply chain. Uh, and this is, again, non-plant touching businesses. It's things like uh, point of sale companies. It's things like uh, transportation and logistics operators. It's things like uh, uh, building owners and, and landlords, you know, th- uh, lighting manufacturers. Uh, at the end of the day, it's the pixels and the axes. It's the at the end of the day, whether you grow and sell all your weed or not, you still have to pay your rent. You still need the lights to grow. You still need the nutrients that are going to go into the, the pots that you're growing. Uh, so it's all those types of organizations that we're investing in. Um, and it's through community input uh, that will help us bubble up you know, to the top. Uh, but we, and, and, and additionally, we also have some very specific uh, targets that we're targeting in the near term. Uh, and it goes to some of the things that you've spoken about in trying to add that uh, stability to the industry in some ways. Um, and then the last piece of our, our, our the tax uh, is, the, the, is the 1%. And that goes immediately back into our liquidity pool through PancakeSwap. Uh, so ever increasing our price floor. Uh, and we're hoping through this methodology, and we're, we're seeing it demonstrated, uh, that it adds stability to you know, our, our, uh, our, our platform, our tokenomics, and our liquidity pool moving forward. And again, gives that level of comfort and stability back to the, the holder uh, to want to hold on to it uh, for quite some time and enjoy the upside, which on in them holding, it gives us the ability to do all these great things within the cannabis supply chain uh, and you know change the world in some respects. With people of your backgrounds, I think you guys have amazing backgrounds in, in, in cannabis. I'm curious to get your take on, on what excites you. I always like talking to experts like yourself in a specific you know, niche, just to know when you get up in the morning, what are you just overly excited about and not having to do with, with your current project. I always like you to kind of expand beyond what you're working on because it gives people a little bit of a, you know, an opportunity to see what, what excites you outside of, of work in terms of the, the space as a whole, whether it's crypto, whether it's the cannabis space. And we could, we could start with, with you, Rick. Sure. You know, it's funny. I, I know you don't want us to focus on the project, but one of the things I have to say is that the things that excite me are when we talk about this, the people that want to be involved and there, there are family, there are friends, there are people that we've worked with for years. And, and because of that, we've actually had people come out of retirement to work with us. That's what gets me up in the morning right now. The fact that so many people are so excited about this and they want to be part of, you know, the story. And for me, it's always been about, you know, making a mark, you know, creating a story and actually solving the problem. Um, You know, I've done this, believe it or not, 13 times and I'm, I'm batting about 450 right now and I'm pretty happy with the 450, but I learned more from my mistakes than the successes. You know, it's the people along the way that kind of help craft that that narrative and, you know, are part of it. You know, I hate seeing, you know, great ideas die on the vine because they try to do it alone. Um, you know, the solopreneur, it's a lonely life. I've done it myself and it sucks. And the fact that I'm able to do this with, you know, you know, my best friends, uh, you know, I look at Walt and I'm thankful for him in my life every day. You know, my family, my fiance, um, you know, without people like this to kind of support and lift this up, we wouldn't be able to make some changes. We wouldn't have even seen how we could actually do something different. 
Um, so while I, I know it seems that it's part of what we're doing right now, I think that's been kind of my life story. And that's, you know, creating or actually looking at the opportunities for creating positive change and the idea of creating profits with a purpose. I don't like the person I was 20 years ago, but I love the person I am now. And it's because of those stories and the, the path that I've been able to go down with the people that are in my life now that make it all worthwhile. Well said. How about you, Walt? Wow. That's, that's a hard one to follow up. You get me choked up here, Rick. Um, uh, I, I, I'm very similar in Elk to, to Rick. And that's if you, if you get to meet any of the other members of our team, you're going to find sim similar thread. Uh, and to Rick's point, uh, even pulling people out of retirement because that thread is true for them. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, and I, I preach this on our executive calls internally, and I talk about this publicly, uh, we are, meaning we grow, is more than the sum total of the things that it does. You know, we grow is the company behind it, is the people, is the soul, is the heart that's, that's pushing it along. Um, and we've got some phenomenal people that, uh, at the end of the day, the things that get them up in the morning are the world changing altruistic motives. And that's where you know, many of us are, are focused. If you look at my LinkedIn profile, um, you'll, you'll get a sense that, you know, my, my focus on a daily basis is, is to educate the world around endocannabinoids and endocannabinoid medicine and how that can impact health, science and industry. And that's what gets me up. And, and it's an integral part to everything that we're doing. Uh, and advancing things forward. You know, just recently, just last week, uh, Ohio State put out a, a, a research study uh, in which they had confirmed that minor cannabinoids, CBD, CBG, CBA, CBGA, uh, the acid molecules have a uh, preventative effect on the COVID uh, uh, virus. So we're starting to see some of the, the things that we in, in the industry and, and those that have been you know, working with uh, can cannabis and cannabinoid medicine for quite some time have in many ways already known. Uh, but it's bringing that to the public eye, bringing it out of the dark ages, bringing it to a place where it's accepted at the table the same way the bottle of wine is uh, and that people aren't looked at sideways for medicating and feeling better which blows my mind. So, you know, in many ways, you know, my focus on a daily basis is to help humanity in, in recognizing the benefits that, that are there inherently uh, through this natural alternative. Uh, and that very much ties in with everything that Rick said. You know, it's a matter to, to, to his point about his dad, you know, all of us that are in some ways involved with the organization uh, and, and those specifically that have a past related to cannabis have personal stories that uh, uh, could take up a whole nother hour segment uh, in their lifelong lessons. Uh, I myself am, uh, uh, you know, have uh, three crushed lower discs in my back. I, I, you know, opioids were a part of my story. I'm, they're not anymore. And cannabis is a huge part of that. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks so much for your insights on everything that is you know, teaching the world about uh, cannabis and a lot of expertise uh, coming from you guys. Really excited about your passion coming to the space. Love the tokenomics concepts of, you know, on the buy and sell side. But those are all the questions I have for you. Where can people go and learn more? Lots of places, lots of places that are in, in a public setting and available to you on your personal device. So start out by checking out our website at wegrowcoin.com and that's w-e-g-r-o no w 
coin.com all one word uh, start with our website we do a lot to uh, to make sure that it's updated on a daily basis with any new in, uh, occurrences within the organization any new news uh, and any new tech so you can find out more about the the leaders of the organization our roadmap our, our white papers listed there uh, and additionally more thorough explanations of our tokenomics uh, and how all this this filters out to the public Additionally, check out our social channels. Uh, check out our Facebook group. We've got a Facebook group, We Grow Coin. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Telegram. We're on Discord. We're on Reddit. Uh, please check us out in, in all those locations. And on Reddit, make sure you upvote and, and uh, spread the word. So, uh, and then on a daily basis, we are uh, adding more and more uh, exchanges to our list of exchanges that we are listed on. Uh, so also please look for us in the public exchanges. Please ask for us. Uh, the more demand we get, the, the, the more it's gonna push us to go in those directions. So uh, we are additionally starting up an ambassadorship program uh, through our organization. We've got such a cry for people, again, to the, to, the, to the heart that we have as an organization for people just to simply jump on board and spread the word. And so please, uh, if you would like to be a part of that journey with us, we would love to have you join us. Uh, please check out our website and on our website, sign up for our newsletter. We will be alerting everybody that signed up for our newsletter about our ambassador program uh, in the very near future. Uh, it's going to have some nice rewards to the, the program itself uh, that will be fun for those that participate. But more than anything, it's just a great way to connect with other like-minded individuals. So we, we offer that to, to our members, our community, and look forward to those that are joining us. Well, wherever you guys are listening on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud, all the links that Walt mentioned will be in these show notes. But once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us today.